Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Casey Ryan here again for another episode of The Cutting Room Floor, a little podcast that I started to showcase indie entertainers from all walks. I like to say, if you've got a story to tell or a project to sell, then I want to hear from you. Uh, easiest way to get a hold of me is on Twitter. You can ask anybody that knows me. I'm engaged on there all the time, at Cutting Room MRB, or you can hit me up on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Cutting Room MRB. Uh, if you've got a project that you want me to promote, if you want to come on the show yourself as a guest, let me know. I'm always looking for people to talk to. Uh, so, a quick little shout out as we do at the top of the show here to the Wolf, who acts as my announcer. You can listen to him and his dear wife Susan right here on the Mix Radio Network on the Live from the Morgue podcast on uh, Friday nights from eight o'clock until midnight. Uh, great show, and I always have fun gate crashing over there. Uh, and to Michael Cardillo, who wrote my uh, little jingle for me there and adds a new uh, flavor to the show. So, thanks a lot, Mike. I would make sure to give him credit. Um, so the reason that you're listening to this now or downloading it later is to... Uh, I've got two great guests lined up for you today, one of uh, which is actually a fan favorite and a favorite of mine that's been on here several times. Uh, April Wash goes on in the first half, and then we're going to be hopping to the other side of the ocean to uh, talk to Harry Sheriff out of uh, Manchester, England. Uh, so April's on for, uh, for the first part of the show here. She's from the great city of Detroit, Michigan. Uh, she's a repeat offender in the sense that this is a term that I uh, hold in high respect because the CRF repeat offenders are the people that uh, have been generous enough to give me their time more than once. Uh, and she's been on here several times, and uh, last time was a, a few years ago. Hard to believe. Has it been that long, April? I, I, I had 2012. Uh, it can't be that long, is it? Gosh, I... If it is, it doesn't feel it like doesn't it. Doesn't feel like it, but that, that's the last correspondence that I had from you. I, I'm sure I had you one other time before then because I had you on um, uh, after I switched over to the new platform. So it's it's got to be sooner than that. I have to go back and check my records. Yeah. But, um, uh, April, so you know, is wise beyond her years, and she's got the talent to match. Uh, again, one of my favorite guests of all time. She's an actor, director, uh, producer, and she also writes. Um, she also made me extremely jealous because I found out that she got to see Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda speak this week, uh, recently, so uh, we're hopefully going to get a little story or two about that, and she's currently at work on a web series called uh, The Chair Gang. Uh, so here to talk about that and a whole bunch of other things is uh, our old friend April Washko. April, how you doing? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's been, like I said, it's been too long, but uh, you know, I'm yeah. glad to have you back, so I appreciate this. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's always so much fun to come and chat with you. 
So I, I guess we can sort of jump into the uh, the immediate one. I mean, I, uh, I have my own questions about this, but, uh, you know, the chair gang is uh, the one that's top of mind for you right now. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. That's the numero uno at the moment. So uh, what's this about? What are you working on? So it is um, basically a reality web series. So what it is is you follow around um, stylists at a hair salon, um, and it is very much in the sense of a kind of quote-unquote mockumentary or a documentary. So it's meant to be very real, very gritty, very realistic, um, very vlog-like. But, you know, everyone is an actor, and it is written. um, And it's just a wonderful um, venue that I discovered um, after kind of, you know, I did the L.A. thing, and I did the New York thing, and I, you know, I did everything I could humanly do as an actor to um, attempt to, like, get my foot in and, and kind of start my career. And then I started, as you know, producing and marketing and learning all of those things on my own and taking it upon myself to kind of like get my own stuff going. And it stumbled um, to me really because I was kind of in a funk and I was a little down and I'm like, I don't know what to do. I've tried everything. And it really just, boom, it popped into my head. And this is a concept I had written a while ago because I am a licensed stylist. I got my, um, cosmetology license before I moved to California because my intention was to get on sets doing hair that way I don't have to waitress and I can do you know stuff in a salon and make good tips wherever I wanted blah 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 so I had told several writer friends of mine that um, write for some pretty big shows about um, this little concept like hey you know several years ago and every single one of them was like you have got to make this a show like nobody would believe it nobody would believe it um, the stories and all that and I'm like I don't know how I would do it though you know so many self-deprecating things I'm just not good enough I haven't learned enough I don't have the money I don't you know blah 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 and finally I was just like you know what this is the only opportunity I have to do this this is the only option I have left I'm just gonna do it and my passion um, other than you know my career has always been to help other people with theirs and I as I've went along I've seen so many people that you know they either can't afford film school or they went to film school and they can't get a job because you need experience to get a job but how do you get a job without experience and all of these things they can't move here they can't go there so I really wanted to outside of the show create an environment where anyone of any level in this industry that has any desire for this industry can come and learn and grow and we all support them and we give them a chance I don't care if you've never worked a camera before I'm going to support you and let you walk through that and learn as you go I don't care if you've never worked audio or written or done anything I want to support you and put people around you to support you to help you do that so that's the show we're doing and that's the you know kind of crew and the environment and the mindset we have around it so it premieres in november um on november 6th and we are very excited about it <laughs> so, so yeah i mean you know yeah that, that's a great description of the framework but but um how, how is this going to kind of unfold did you actually select a bunch of of stylists that you're going to follow their stories and the people in the chairs or uh, i i guess you know you know what's the the nuts and bolts of it it is um, scripted and cast, so I'm the only stylist at the moment on the actual cast. Okay. Um, right. And everyone is um, pretty much actors. It's very much like, I guess the best way to describe it is, um, uh, you know, uh, it, content-wise and kind of feel is um, The Office meets Trailer Park Boys. Okay, that's... Only uh, that, that's, for that, Okay, that, that's that's... Two very extremes in thought. <laughs> <I don't think. laughs> 
I know. It's very wild. It's kind of in a category of its own, which is difficult because, you know, some people are like, well, how, how would you describe it? Tell us, you know, something that we would know. And that's really the only thing I can think with a little like orange is the new black thrown in because it's, you know, mostly right, most women. Yeah. Um, but it's very realistic, very gritty. Again, you know, meant to be like a vlog. Um, so, yeah, it's very much just like a kind of organic thing, but it's taken a long time to plan. <laughs> so so I, I guess what kinds of stories are you going to be telling then? Uh, I mean, it, let's get in a, you know, bring in some of the other characters apart from yourself that we're, that we're going to meet here. Uh, first of all, you know, the, the character that you play, is this sort of a... Uh, sort of a version of yourself or, or is, is this a whole new character that you developed I, I guess what level are you going to be going into as far as that's concerned I think I think it, it's most certainly a level of myself it's the most extreme level of myself that um couldn't stand doing hair um <laughs> and just hated the customer service industry um but my character's name is Alyssa and she hates hair she wants nothing to do with it she hates clients she hates customers she hates really everything um and she does have a deep love for the people she works with as in any type of um industry or business like that I suppose where you know your your workers are your family um but really we kind of walk into a salon it's Ebert Salon and Spa and we pick up just really getting to know these um girls and the owner Maurice who um is kind of an a-hole and uh we just kind of jump in and start seeing what's going on in the salon um there's a stylist Corinne that is very uh, manipulative and really wants some people's jobs um we get to throw some random stuff in there regarding, you know, um, you know, uh, the fact that tipped workers don't really make that much money mm -hmm. and they live off tips and the lifestyle that you lead. Um, but also the family environment, the first season is kind of really getting to know you, getting to know these people and getting to know the world they live in and kind of who they are. And then, um, season two, which we begin filming in April of this coming year, it gets a little more into their stories and their relationships. Okay, so it's so you've cool. already thought that far ahead, which is good. Right. So, uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I guess, how did you go about assembling the team and, and, um, you know, who are some of the other actors that you brought on to uh, to help you out with this? Oh, it's wonderful. It's so wonderful. So it's it's, it's just, it's, it's outstanding how many people kind of um, hang around that, uh, you know, you know from other things and you meet someone and you say, you know, I know that I'm, I know that we're going to have a deeper um, sort of understanding, a deeper relationship than this. I just love to see that unfold. And it has unfolded in this. So um, my friend Ashley Gray, who I've worked with several times, um, she is just absolutely outstanding in discovering herself as an executive producer for this. She um, really jumped in and is learning so much. I mean, as is the myself included, everybody learning so much about just going about the entire process of this, this as we go. Um, but we really kind of Ashley and I sat down and I started hammering this out with a stylist friend of mine, the script, um, the scripts for the whole first season. So it's very much been an organic kind of, Hey, you know what? I'd really love to do this. I'd really love to do this. And just giving everyone that option and opportunity. Um, the cast, we've got, you know, um, Lindsay Sullivan, who is playing Stacy, um, Kimberly Cruchon, who's playing Corinne, uh, you know, Christy, um, who's playing uh, Tina, um, Chrissy Kinney. Like, there's just so many wonderful people. Um, 
Rocco, our friend Rocco's playing Maurice. Um, a tons of really great independent film actors who've done theater stage and varying things in between. And it really is a beautiful organic thing. Even on the set, it's like we've all known each other for years and everyone just slips into their characters so easily. Um, with with the vein of it being kind of quote-unquote reality show-based and that everything isn't perfect. It's intentionally not supposed to be on some great camera. It's not supposed to have the best of everything. It really um, gives all of us, or at least for the first season that I have witnessed, gave everyone so much freedom um, just to really learn, since it is so much a learning environment, to learn and grow through it too, which has been really amazing to watch. Okay, so that would be where the, uh, the Trailer Park Boys reference comes in, where it's intentional rough and and yes you know you feel like you're kind of watching people in their backyard kind of thing right? mm-hmm. yeah and it's wonderful because even as I've been editing it and like seeing all the episodes kind of cut together it's so awesome to see the growth from like episode one and two to episode like 15 17 18 it's like wow we all learned so much and you could watch us learn it's just it's so much fun I, I just I find it to be such a treat so is this intended to be more, you know, like a kind of a sitcom type flavor or are you searching for, I guess, what note are you trying to strike? Definitely um, a kind of sitcom-ish, um, I guess, sitcom feel, I suppose, since it is going to be a series and it's going to be um, the 6th and 20th of every month um, starting in November. Um, but more, you know, I guess, reality-based um and, and kind, of, kind of a really nice um, hodgepodge or some sort of melting pot of, of a lot of different things because it is a comedy um, intentionally. Um, you know, there there is some drama moments. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a tiny piece of everything. I really think that it's just kind of, again, a, a beautiful melting pot of any kind of flavor and anyone can really find something they like about it. Now, uh, just in terms of, you know, the whole notion of a, of a hair salon or, a, you know, a, a beauty shop or whatever, I mean, that, that to me strikes a very specific image, right? Um, mm-hmm. h- how did you actually go about the mechanics of, of trying to set up the, uh, you know, the set or the location for this? Uh, did you have to build something from scratch? Or were you able to, you know, source a, something that already existed? I, I guess, how did you go about that? That's wonderful. And I'm so glad you brought that up because it was super important to me to make it realistic and gritty. There's so many, um, you know, things that have already been done and exist about, you know, higher class salons when really the majority of stylists and people working in this industry are people that are almost like, I guess, mid grade to like a quote unquote low grade salon um, compared to the five star places that, um, you know what, they have three kids and this is what they do. They break their back every day with carpal tunnel, arthritis and bad knees because they have no other way to make a living. And um, that's the salon we live in. That's the salon we have this show in. The real salon next door that you feel you could walk into and be comfortable in and not feel like you're out of place. Um, And that was really important for me to really reflect the reality of it, not some sort of fantasy about it. Um, So the salon we got is an absolutely excellent salon. um, And it is a friend of ours, actually, um, Eric Twork, who uh, is a writer. And he joined us for some of the first season. And he had a friend. He said, you know, I have a friend I grew graduated uh with that has a salon she owns one and we went and talked to her Her name's julie and i met her and i fell in love with her and she was just so kind and i've in the years i've been doing this i'm telling you i've never met so many beautiful kind people that are just willing to help people's dreams come true because julie was like you know what here's a key any day you want you show up i'm like are you kidding me 
for real? <laughs> she's like, no, here, go ahead. And I mean, we've had complete free reign, basically. She's, do you want me to change a light? Do you need me to move something? She's let us do almost absolutely anything we want to do. And I, I can never find enough gratitude for her. So it's, we were really lucky with that. We just walked into an already ran salon and we get to shoot there when they have the day off. So that's, that's beautiful. Well, I, I mean, it would be a good business opportunity for her too. I would imagine and, and to a certain extent, there's uh, an element of free publicity that comes along with this, right? That, that, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. that you're actually, I mean, you're not really hiding very much in terms of making it look like something else that, that, you know, people that are clients of hers are probably going to be able to see something that they identify and say, hey, Jesus, that's where I get my hair done, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. And that, that's always important because, you know, especially doing indie film, it's a lot of trade. Like, hey, I'll do this if you do this, and right. we can trade marketing or trade whatever. So um, that's absolutely one of the things. And, like, I don't know how much you want publicized, you know, because to a certain point, you know, people calling, can I book an appointment with Stacy? Like, so this is a real salon. It's She doesn't work here. Uh but yeah, it's absolutely been that for sure, and it's it's really wonderful. She's having a kick out of it too, which really helps us out, and um, she's handing out marketing materials and all that. So it's it's really fun. It's fun for everybody. Have you thought about bringing her in for uh, a little cameo here? Or there, or have you done that already? <laughs> we did. Yeah, eh? okay. We did, right. and um, we <laughs> we had her be, let's say, a um, kind of a pain client, if you will, a very. A big pain in our in our butts, so, so <laughs> that was pretty to, fun. So, so she gets a chance to vent a little bit, right? Yeah, <laughs> we just let it out, Julie. Let it out. Um, so, uh, how long are the episodes actually going to be running? I mean, are you talking about short snippets? Like when I hear web series, I I hear everything from, you know, the traditional length that you'd see on, you know, through the streaming service or on TV of about you know half an hour to forty five minutes to. Uh, something that is basically a video comic strip that would be anywhere between two and five minutes, right? Uh, I, I guess, you know, how much meat are you guys putting into each episode? For the first season, we did seven to 14 minutes okay. for each episode. Right, so it's about midway, yeah, right? so it's kind of a nice middle ground. And it was a good thing of an introductory period of getting to know you. Um, and then we want to wait and see, you know, how our audience grows and how we um, develop as characters and such. And as the seasons go on, we plan on, you know, stretching that out and making them longer. But for the first season, we've got 26 episodes and they're seven to 14 minutes long. 26 episodes, really? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, they're all filmed, ready to go, um, and they release, yeah, November 6th, so it's it's really wonderful. We had so much fun doing it. That's what a lot of people have said, 26? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> no, that's, I, was, I mean, you know, for, for uh, I mean, I've had a lot of people on, on the show that are doing this kind of thing, and, and 26, good mm-hmm. for you. Thank you, thank you. It was definitely, a, it, it's such a beautiful experience, it really is, and at least we get two out a month and we again, you know, have other than the two episodes, you know, for people to get a taste of the show and get introduced, introduced to the show. Um, we're, you know, aiming to have a video out every week of some kind. So whether it be a promo or a behind the scenes or a little interview. Um, so it's, it's really fun. It's awesome. Uh, so I'll throw the, you know, the stock question at it. I mean, you've got the things already done, right? Um, yep. What is your own sort of preference? Why do you have the preference of, of releasing them on a uh, on a time delay every two weeks as opposed to, uh, you know, putting them all out there at once? I really considered it, and I mean, I, I when you put it all out at once, 
it was a question of, you know, do, do we have the marketing to back that? You know, I really want to have, um, a place for audience to grow and for people to like continuously discover it, um, and not be, not have a thing where it's like, okay, it's out. And you know, we're not really known yet. Um, we don't have that foundation yet. And then people forget about it by the time the next season's out, you know, and then we have to start working all over again for it. So, um, we're doing, you know, a little by little and it lets people still get it you know, get the show and get other videos and really learn about us and participate, interact with us on different media platforms, um, but still get to check out the show and have it stretched till the next season because, you know, for again, now it's out there and what do we do in the meantime? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean, you raise, you, raise a, you raise a good point, right? That, that you want to provide the adequate support for each and every single piece of stuff that you're going to be putting out there, right? Mm-hmm. In the sense that yeah, if you, if you, definitely, you like definitely, it. and it's you know the marketing <clears throat> is huge too because this is something like we've especially myself and the writers we've talked about <laughs> like eight seasons <laughs> so eight. of like content so it's super important especially because we're indie and we're pretty much doing it with almost zero budget um, intentionally so we can tell the other people you know hey look we did it you can do it too and you know it's this is a possible thing for everyone. Um, that it's it's really important to really look at that marketing and create that plan and create that that foundation about okay how are we gonna how are we gonna grow because um, filmmaking is wonderful but I have spent so much time learning business and you know entrepreneurship and things like that and it's such a wonderful merge of that you know I want to make sure that our quote unquote I guess what would be a customer base which was our um, which would be viewers and things like that can grow consistently they always have content available they always have fresh something fresh available um, and it's it's not, uh, again, you know, that flash in the pan. At some point, absolutely, because we'll have the opportunity to do so with different marketing avenues that will be open to us regarding, you know, having a specific, um, like, a price point that we'll be able to put out for it. But right now, it's nice to, you know, slowly build those people and give everyone a chance to enjoy something new, like, every week. Now, I asked you this the last time you were on here because when uh, you know, the last time I had you on, you were relatively new to the, to use your word, entrepreneurial aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, having done a few things since then, um, is the back office type stuff the, the kind of thing that you're, you're interested in? I guess, how much of a liking did you take to that? And Because and, um, I know that you're really proud of your acting work too. I, I guess what to you is the right balance for, for your own career? Oh, gosh. I love it so much. I think I might love business a little more than, (laughs) like, the film part. But it's not fun to me unless it's in film. Do you know what I'm saying? So that's, like, the uh, trade-off. I absolutely love creating something. I love uh, selling something film-wise. You know, I love – and whatever definition that means for somebody. I love getting out on the street and talking to people. I love love seeing something come from absolutely nothing. Zero dollars, zero anything, no help, and to be creative and built to something wonderful and to be able to give entertainment directly to the people and do like the street marketing is really great for me. I I just, I love building something from the ground up. I love creating a world from nothing. And, um, in my time, what I've, what I've really kind of, kind of discovered is that really almost 
absolutely anything you can ever imagine is possible. There's been a lot of films I've been hired um, to work on as, say, a producer or, you know, marketing or whatever it is since then. And and I look at things and I just tell people, you know, you're throwing away 90% of your budget on this. You don't need to be spending this money. You could get this for half. You could get this for free. You could get this from here, there, whatever. And um, that's, I guess, a blessing of that comes out of working independent films and just struggling for a really long time (laughs) but it's so wonderful and it really is true um so I love 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 that side of it um I think I love it so much because I have a chance to help other people and from everything I do I get to learn and look at the person that's maybe sitting in their house um that you know thinks that it's impossible and they're just crying about it and really upset and I get to look at them and say no I promise you it's possible and I will show you how to do it um everyone's dreams are possible. So I love that side of it, but I also love acting. I love, um, you know, playing a character. I love, um, doing those things. And in, in my experience, I really love this new venture because with the, um, outcome that we hope to have, which will be, you know, multiple different things that, um, you know, writing different things or, or tailoring something to what I like to do, or what I know someone else likes to do is really important too. So I'd say it's a beautiful hodgepodge of everything, kind of like an in-house, but, uh, let me tell you what, I would not, uh, <laughs> I would not turn <laughs> down like, uh, you know, if someone was like, Hey, would you like to do something on Grace and Frankie? You bet your sweet ass. I do like, yes, please. So I will go and do other things. I, I'm reminded of a quote by, uh, by John Houseman. You know who that is, right? Uh, mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Uh, I remember, uh, I read Christopher Reeve's book. And uh, John Hellsman was one of his mentors at Juilliard, and he was sitting down after he graduated, and he asked John Hellsman for some advice, and uh, John Hellsman said, Christopher, he said, it's always important to remember to do the classics, unless, of course, they pay you a shitload of money to do something else. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, yeah. That, that was why he took Superman, right? So it... Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, um, I digress, but I, I still love saying that quote. Uh, it's amazing. I, it's a great one. I, I got a couple of, I, I, I'm only down to my last couple of minutes with the April, but I want to make sure I get in a plug with this thing that you did with Ellie Willis here. So, oh, so good. So I, I attended a party that she um, did for a song, The D. So Allie Willis, um, she wrote September for Earth, Wind, and Fire. She co-wrote the Friends theme song. She's super well-known. She's just, like, amazing. She is from Detroit as well. And it's fascinating um, that we, you know, we, we saw the thing, and she had a party at the DIA. So she wrote a song for Detroit. It's called The D. And it has the most people that have ever been on a song ever. I think 5,000 people or something like that um she's got uh you know lily tomlin's on there um uh like tons of detroit people are on there and um she had this beautiful party it's a beautiful video um she spent so long doing i think it was five years doing this and it's absolutely astounding it's it's the most beautiful song it's the most beautiful video and you know of course as is with my passion super important to let people know like hey michigan and detroit is not what you think it is it's a beautiful progressive area and it's just a wonderful song so i i just really think everyone should check it out and Allie Willis is phenomenal so why wouldn't you she's absolutely outstanding her party was top top notch a plus by the way a plus plus at the Detroit Institute of Arts it was absolutely beautiful okay so April I I have to let you go unfortunately but where can people go to learn more about your stuff 
So um, the web series Chair Gang, you can um, search Chair Gang series on absolutely any media platform, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, anything. We do have a Patreon account as well if you wanted to check that out and tip your stylist. Um, you can check out Allie Willis' song The D on YouTube. You can just search Allie Willis or search her social media handles, um, which is A-L-L-E-E-W-I-L-L-I-S. My personal ones are April Wash Co. And those are absolutely anywhere site-wide, social media-wide as well, all the same. April, as uh, always, it's been great fun catching up with you, and uh, you, hopefully we can do this again really soon, uh, You know, maybe in November, once you actually start uh, putting these things out there for people to see. What do you think? Yes, absolutely. I'm in. All right. Okay. So uh, I'm going to toggle over here. We're going to talk to Harry, and uh, again, April, thank you for your time, all right? Thank you so much. All right. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Okay, so that was April Washko, and I'm just going to toggle over here, and I'm going to dial over to uh, Manchester and see if I can get... Hello. Hello, Harry. How are you doing? How are you doing? Okay, all right, so uh, with me in the second half of the show uh, is Harry Sheriff, who's dialing in from Manchester, England, uh, but before we do that, I'm just going to take my mid-show break, so Harry, if you could just mute up for a second there. Uh, I'm going to get in a quick uh, commercial for the morgue. Uh, then we're going to bring Jason Hadley in for the Hollywood Rock and Wrap Up. And in light of the fact that I've got a guy from uh, England on the line, I'm going to play some Eric Johnson for you, and we'll be back in about five minutes. All right? It's the Hollywood Rock and Wrap Up with Jason Hadley. One of Kim Kardashian's Paris robbery suspects wrote a letter to the reality star expressing his remorse for his crimes. Fearing she was going to be raped, had they actually gone through with it, the letters more likely would have come from Kim, and they would have been the letters H, P, and V. Tom Cruise addresses the rumor that his on-screen sex appeal with some of the women who watch his films comes thanks to the prosthetic butt piece he supposedly uses in his movies. Cruise tried to deflect with, isn't it what's on the inside that counts? To which a line began to form of some of the men who watch his films. Original Wonder Woman Linda Carter fires back at director James Cameron following his sexist rants against the superhero action movie. Maybe it's that the only Wonder Woman James Cameron knows has been any of his five wives incessantly asking, I wonder where my keys are. I wonder where my wallet is. I wonder where... And that's the Hollywood Rock and Wrap Up. Follow us on Twitter at Rock and Wrap Up.
That was Eric Johnson, Cliffs of Dover, and if you played Guitar Hero for uh, at any point in time, that one was probably one that had you dropping the F-bomb like it did me, <laughs> so that's why I played that one. Uh, Harry Sheriff is on the line, he's a writer-director out of Manchester, UK, uh, who in 2016 uh, officially wins the uh, Cutting Room Floor Good Work Ethic Award for having made 12 short films in 12 months. I can't imagine how that must have been. Uh, his film uh, Hits Like a Girl was recently on German television, uh, and he's recently put together a six-part uh, comedy web series called Early Days, and he's here to talk about that and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, without further ado, the Cunningham Floor proudly welcomes for the first time. It's always great to have people on here for the first time. Uh, all the way from England, Harry Sheriff is here. Harry, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. Thank you for having me on. So the uh, first question I always have for everybody uh, when they're new here, Harry, is just a bit of an icebreaker. Did I get all of your bio information right or was that close enough? No, no, that was perfect. That was good, eh? All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I guess we can just sort of jump right into it. Early Days is the one that's top of mind for you, right? So, uh, what is uh, this web series about? It's about two struggling creatives uh, trying to find their way in Manchester. So, they're not, they're not brilliant. They're not, no, they're not very uh, professional, shall we say, about achieving their dreams. So, yeah, two struggling creatives. One's an actor or trying to be an actor. He's never had an audition. Uh, and the other one's sort of a, a writer, filmmaker. So it's very autobiographical. Okay, so this is something that's uh, actually based on your own experience, or, or is it, um, I, I guess you just started tapping into whatever you know kind of things that you went through? Yeah, I think the, the main influence or inspiration was uh, Jim Harkness, who's a stand-up comedian and actor who, who I wrote it with. Um, we love sort of those auto-driven TV shows that they do so well in the States but they don't really do them in England that well or not that often. So, you know, you sort of, you've got your Louis, um, you've got Girls, you've got Master of None, um, and then obviously Curb Your Enthusiasm. Um, so we were interested in that, those shows that are sort of written, directed and starring the people that sort of created them. And then they sort of blur fiction with reality. You know, so Larry David, the Larry David he plays isn't really the Larry David he is in real life or, or is he? You know, so we were interested with that. Well, no, and, and when you call that to mind, I mean, I'll, I'll throw out a, uh, you know, British example that, that probably, you know, I, I guess that has been brought up to you at least once, but Ricky Gervais does that kind of stuff too, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think with The Office, he was, you know, although he was playing a character, he was David Brent, a lot of what was in that show, he, you know, he said in interviews, he had that job. You know, he worked in an office for, I think, you know, nearly 10 years, so... Yeah, I guess Ricky Gervais is a really good uh, yeah, and, influence. And, uh, there was another series that I, I only caught one or two episodes of. It was, it was called Extras or something along those lines, where it was looking at the film business. Yeah, I think yeah that one's a good one as well because he, I think he wrote that because he'd been in, he sort of entered the film industry, didn't he, for a few years, and then he was fascinated with everything he was seeing behind the scenes. So, uh, I, I guess, what kind of ground are you covering? Uh, it's a six-part series. Did you intend it for be for it to be that long, or, or is there a possibility to extend it out to other seasons, or uh, was that really the story that you wanted to contain? Yeah, I mean, the way the way it came about, I knew I was going to make a web series, and then through a, a local cinema, they ran a pitching competition, which I was fortunate enough to win. So we got fifteen hundred pounds, which is not a lot of money to develop the show 
Um, and really that, that amount of money was sort of to just develop something. It wasn't even really to make something. So then I said, you know what, I'm just, I'm just going to make something because there's no point developing something and not having something to show for it at the end of it. So I knew we were going to do six, five minutes because I knew that was achievable. From okay. doing the 12 shorts, um, I had an idea of, right, what we could pull off. So then we set off on doing six, five minutes. And there's, there's not a great deal amount of storyline that you can fit in that amount of time. So they're, all, they're only really like a couple of scenes in each episode. Um, and the idea is to, to definitely pursue it and to develop it. I mean, I'm not sure if you're aware of sort of the genesis of um, High Maintenance or um, Broad City, but they were both obviously, they, they started on YouTube and Vimeo respectively. And then they sort of built up a fan base and then, they were acquired um, by HBO and uh, Comedy Central. So that we're sort of, you know, we're hoping for, for something similar. No, I, I hadn't heard of High Maintenance, admittedly, but Broad City I, uh, I, I'm aware of in, in the sense that that's got a real cult following, right? I mean, the, you know, the people that like that one like it a lot, right? Yeah, well, I think it's because, it's because it was so grassroots and I think – we're sort of experiencing it now. We've only released the first episode, but I feel like it's almost like that band thing. You know, when you when you find a band that you really love and no one knows about the band yet, and so you sort of grab a megaphone and you shout from the rooftops like you really need to listen to this band. We're sort of, um, you know, it's it's early days, pun intended, but you know, we're we're sort of experiencing a little bit of that already because, you know, sort of, you know, everybody knows somebody who's in a band. But it's very rare that you know somebody that's created their own show and they've done six episodes of it and, and you know they're sort of developing it further. So I guess that's a, a unique thing. And I think with Broad City, they definitely experienced that because they were making that show for a couple of years on YouTube. And obviously New York City is, was, was central to the show. So I think that was that helped with, with building it. Yeah, and I, I, you know, like you said with a band, I, the other analogy that I often throw out is I, I equate that to a really, really, really good neighborhood restaurant that nobody knows about, right? And you can't, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you can't figure out why the tables are empty because the food is that good, you know, yeah. and you you just wish that people would be lined up on around the block, but by the same token, you like that it's your little discovery too, right? So. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we all, there's also examples of things that have, have gotten too big for their boots, and you know they sort of sell out a little bit as well. So uh, you you already mentioned the one team member of yours that uh, you said was a stand up comic that helped you in on this. Uh, how about we just get in a, a plug for his contribution here? Yeah, Jim. He I met Jim halfway through uh, the end of 2016 because I was making these 12 shorts, and um, I was looking for actors because I, I was running out of you know collaborators because people were busy and stuff uh, and a friend of mine at work said you know you should meet this this guy called Jim Hartness I think you'd get on um, he's got a YouTube channel and he, he plays this you know this character and normally when people sort of say oh you need to meet this person it's normally like you need to meet my sister she's an actress or yeah. or it's something yeah. that's not yeah. very compelling right. But, right. but with with Jim uh, he came sort of with a you know with status because he was a stand-up and he had this YouTube channel that he was doing his, you know, his character. And so I could watch straight away that he was talented and he, and he was a writer as well because he was writing his own material. So it was just like, okay, I do need to meet this person. And then weirdly, the first time I met him, rather than have an awkward sort of chat in a coffee shop, 
he said, why don't you come and see my gig? Which I thought was really, that was a really ballsy move because obviously doing stand-up comedy is like one of the most nerve-wracking things, you know, you can imagine doing. And he was sort of like, that he wanted that to be the first impression of him, which I thought was really cool. Well, yeah, and I, I often equate to stand-up comedy to doing it the hard way, right? I mean, it takes a lot of guts to do stand-up. I mean, I, I uh, you know, I, I can't imagine the, uh, you know, the, the strength it would take to stand up in front of a group of people like that and try to be funny on purpose, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's something that I've never tried, and I don't, I don't imagine I will ever try it. But um, he, he loves it, and he loves, um, he loves the sort of the risk involved, and and. And sort of, he doesn't really care if everyone likes him either. He sort of, um, you know, there's there's sort of two types, isn't there? There's one stand-up comedian that sort of wants everybody in on the joke and to sort of be popular and sort of laughed with. Right. Whereas whereas Jim's sort of a bit Andy Kaufman and a bit sort of you don't know what he's going to do next. Yeah, so I, it's, I mean, it's interesting. To, to, to him, you know, to Andy Kaufman. I mean, I I've, I've read a couple of books about him, and it, he he didn't give a damn whether people got upset or walked out or whatever, right? Uh, you know, any kind of reaction was a good reaction, right? To yeah, him. it was for him. It was yeah. for him. Yeah, he was keeping himself entertained, right? So, uh, what about the character that you play, uh, Harry, specifically? Like you mentioned, this was you know kind of on your own experiences, but um, is this sort of like a fictionalized version of yourself, or is this somebody brand new that that, that uh, you're writing for yourself? I think it is a sort of it's it's a blur, you know. It's not it's it's definitely not me, but but there's I, I'm not a trained actor. I I only got into acting because of necessity. You know, I'd, I'd had experiences with actors before where I'd written a part for them and I'd like to think one of my strengths is my, is my dialogue and I get sort of complimented on the dialogue quite a lot and I would hear the actors say the dialogue and I'd sort of go, oh, that's not how, in my head I'd go, that's not how it's meant to be said. And it's, it's one of the trickiest things as a director because you're not, like, actors obviously hate it when you, when you deliver the line and say, no, 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 it's, you know, it's meant to be like this. Like some actors really hate that. It's you know it's really poor form, but I found myself sort of time after time going, no, no, it's not like that. And then and then I was thinking, well, I know how it should be done. I know how it should be performed, and I think I can get the laugh out of it. And so then I just ended up being in the short films, um, you know, and I, you know I was inspired by Louis and Larry David and you know and Jerry Seinfeld and just by, by going, well, I want my own show and. I can do that now because, you know, we have the technology and you can do it. So that's the thing I'm fascinated with as well, sort of, you know, putting content online and where technology's going and the business and media of it all and how they're, you know, helping each other at the moment. So it's an interesting time. So just in terms of, uh, I mean, acting yourself, I mean, I, I know that uh, a lot of your focus is behind the camera, but is acting something you actually enjoy? Uh, yeah, no, no, I love it. I mean, you if... Do, eh? it, it, if I didn't enjoy it, I, it would be a terrible thing to do. I mean, I don't. It'd be very strange to to act and not enjoy it. Um, I, yeah, I can't imagine carrying on if I didn't enjoy it. I think that the hardest part with it is doing the directing at the same time because that can really feel like an out of body experience, you know. And it really making this series because it was over six days, sort of spread over two months, because I had to balance it with other commitments. It really made me appreciate how difficult it is to be a director actor and you sort of you do feel like 
you have an identity crisis out of body experience because you're looking at the monitor and you're seeing yourself act you know and then you're in the edit suite and you're seeing yourself act and it's it's a, a very strange experience well i mean that has to be surreal and you know I'll, I'll put another spin on that uh, the way that you put it like to me you know the director to a certain extent has to attain a healthy level of of for lack of a better word, objectivity in the performances that he's getting out of his actors, right? That, yeah. that he's got a very specific vision that may not necessarily gel with the actors that are they're doing the performance, right? But, you know, as a director, directing yourself, if you go back and watch that and you say, you know what, that really isn't the way that I intended to do that at all. I want that as a director, but I gave off something different as an actor. I mean, it's got to be difficult to, to kind of reconcile that, uh, I would imagine yeah it definitely is because on one hand you you're looking out for other people's performances and so i i have the opportunity to say to jim although you know jim's brilliant i can say don't i don't think you know you can do better than that that can be more entertaining because quite often we would you know i'd call cut and during the set the next setup you know waiting around and lights get moved and stuff jim's just funny in between takes he's just really he's very relaxed he's doing impressions and i sort of at one point i said to him we need to get that in like there's there's no point being this relaxed and entertaining whilst we're moving the lights about and we're you know putting a new battery in the camera we we need to be filming that now for me as an actor no one's really saying that to me um you know no one's really giving me a nudge and going you didn't really get you know you're not really doing it the best you can sort of thing and i haven't got i can't possibly go to the monitor and go right guys just give me three minutes whilst i check back every take um because it's just we haven't got time to do that so i think it's having the trust as well in jim to to say no we've done that better i think we should do another one you know and and, and having that sort of you know that trust in him uh, so who else have you got a, a sign of the uh, the project uh, apart from the two of you? I mean, are there other characters that we're going to be meeting in this, or, or is it really based around the two of you? Well, in these six episodes, there's only two sort of supporting characters that come in. Okay. Um, and they're sort of they're both strange supporting characters. There's sort of there's there's the through line of the story of our career and our dreams, and you know, at the same time we're sort of we're, we're talking about fame as if it's inevitable. You know, we're, we're going to be famous. It's a matter of time. And so we're sort of brainstorming what we're going to do with all our money and success. Um, and then on the other hand, mainly my character is insecure and in doubt and going, but what happens if it doesn't happen? You know, I can't really do anything else. Um, so that's the main through line of the series. And then the other two characters, which I won't really spoil, they're sort of two strange incidents that happen um, in separate episodes. And uh, in, in terms of the actual release, you mentioned that you have one episode out now. Is that right? Yeah, and then the second episode goes online tomorrow morning tomorrow at 9 a.m. All right, awesome. Okay, so uh, we got a bit of an exclusive here. So uh, <laughs> is it on YouTube? Is it on your own platform? Uh, I guess how are people going to be able to see it? Yeah, so um, if you go on facebook.com forward slash Harry JJ Sheriff, um it'll be on there it'll be on youtube and it'll be on it'll be on all over i put it on vimeo as well oh, you did? i just put, okay. i scatter it i scatter it just to you know spread the views 
Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that do post their stuff on Vimeo too, right? I, I know that when uh, you know people send me a lot of things that aren't ready to be released on YouTube yet, they'll actually post it privately on Vimeo and let me have a look at it. But, uh, uh, I mean, that, that's a good platform too. I like Vimeo. Yeah, I mean, it's tricky because I've, I've recently learned that with YouTube, you need 10,000 views to start sort of monetizing what you put out there. And I've just not been pushing YouTube at all. So most of my views have been coming from Facebook and Vimeo. And I, I wanted to put my stuff on Vimeo because it's such a nice platform and it's niche and it's, you know, you don't get any cat videos on there. Um, and then I thought I would be getting a head start because I had the feeling that Vimeo were going to do something that would would sort of give me an advantage that I'd been putting stuff on there. But at the moment, they haven't made that move. You know, so they've got they've got the video on demand and the Vimeo originals. But I don't think Vimeo has really pushed forward the way I thought it would in the last two years. You know, considering I started the, started the 12 shorts, you know, January 2016, and now we're nearly at the end of 2017. I thought they would have done something, and they and they haven't. So maybe I'm going to start pushing the YouTube channel a bit more. Yeah, maybe not quite ready for prime time, as they say, right? So uh, yeah. Um, it, so I want to take a sidestep here, Harry, just to ask you because you you did have a you know a good accomplishment with the uh, the hits like a girl, but uh, what was that short about specifically? I understand that, that was a, a big success for you too, right? Yeah, that was brilliant. So that that was with um, an organization in England called Creative England. So they they fund they fund filmmakers and short films and feature films. Unfortunately, they don't fund web series. With that one, um, I was living in Liverpool at the time, and I was sort of I wanted to get fit, so I went to this um, really dingy, uh, gritty gym, sort of the type that you would see in, you know, I don't know, an early Rocky film. And there was a girl beating the crap out of a punch bag um, in a way that I'd never seen anybody do. Um, and then she sort of just left and got changed and walked out. And I was and I was fascinated by it, and so I sort of took that and wrote a character around it, and it was just about a, how a girl was sort of dealing with an anger issue, um, and yeah, I just sort of I wrote the I I sort of wrote where was she going after that, so that's sort of how the film starts, and I sort of wrote the the remainder of it. It's only an eleven minute film, um, but it was it did a lot for me. Um, on that film, I managed to work with a cinematographer called Phil Wood, who's a brilliant cinematographer, and the short film he made before mine was nominated for an Oscar and a BAFTA, which was called The Vorman Problem. So I wrote I wrote him a nice letter and said, I've got this funding. Again, it wasn't a lot of money. It was £5,000, um, and said, you know, would you, li- would you like to read the script? Uh, and he said yes. So it was, it was, I got a bit fortunate with that, and it was really my first proper short film and it was it was it was difficult in a way because I went from making stuff, you know, on a on a camera with me and my girlfriend, my girlfriend's my producer, right. and sort of, you know, a crew of two to three people to then shooting on an Alexa with a crew of about twenty five people. So it's it was really hit the ground running and me learning how to be a director sort of whilst doing it. And, uh, I mean, this sounds really cool. Uh, You know, the kind of thing that I'd actually be interested in. Is it available for for viewing anywhere? Yeah, I mean, it's on on my website. It's on your website, huh? Yeah, harrysheriff.com. So it's it's one of the films on my website. And, um, yeah, it's played at a 
played at quite a few festivals and um you know it's done well it, it has it's done well i think it it's a beautiful looking film and it was you know i, I am happy with it we made it back in 2014 now uh, so a couple of years ago so it's sort of hard for me to watch at times because i'm i know i'm at a different place in terms of skill set but um it's you know people seem to like it well, I mean, it's nice to have a benchmark like that you can go back to, too, right? Where you, uh, you can say, look, you, you know, this is how I've changed since then. Uh, uh, I, I guess, you know, I'll put it to you. You know, one of the projects that you're working on sounds a lot funnier than the others. Is there uh, a particular genre that you like to work in, you know, more than others? Well, n well, not really, no. Not I, really. I, I like the fact that I can do different things. Good. And uh, I like all, all films, really. I'm not a massive horror guy, but... Um, you know, I do. I do love a good thriller, and I, I do love writing comedy. I think. I think writing comedy and, and making so much comedy came sort of out of the fact that I'd made hits like a girl. And although it's fun to make sort of any type of film, there were times during Hits Like a Girl, which is essentially a film about depression. It sort of it it got a bit sort of um, tiresome, and I think as well when you go and screen a film at a festival it's a totally different experience when you screen a drama to when you screen, screen a comedy. You know, it's just, it's, it's a different atmosphere. And so, for example, I had an experience where I, I went to a festival and my film was between two comedies. And the fact that the first film got loads of laughs and it was deadly silent for my film, and then the film after mine got loads of laughs, it was a really weird sort of uncomfortable experience you know because you could you'd feel the enjoyment around you right. for the comedies right. and then it was sort of this intense you know 11 minute film about you know a girl with you know real issues and it was just i knew after that screening i was like i've got to make comedies i've got to you know not not just comedies you know i'll go back to drama at some point but i needed that break i think well, I mean, I'm reminded of something a stand-up comic said one time where uh, I was at a performance and he said, you know, laughter comes in many forms and just because the audience is quiet doesn't mean that they're not enjoying themselves, right? And, you know, I, I would argue that appreciation comes in many forms too, right? That, that uh, I mean, if you were out to make, um, you know, something that was a lot more serious and people were quiet, then personally I think that you got the reaction that you were shooting for, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe it's my sort of ego, and I'm like, you know what, I need immediate, you know, reaction. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, you know, you don't have to laugh or, you know what I mean, to 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 understand that an audience, you know, they're enjoying a film. I think it was just, I did get a bit envious of those filmmakers that had made, you know, made an audience laugh, and I thought, you know, I I want some of that. Well, I know. I mean, that that's a fair comment too. Where you you know you get a, you know, comedy is like horror is is a lot more visceral, right? You know, I mean, it's easy to scare the hell out of people, and you know, you're gonna get that holy shit reaction right out of a horror film, as opposed to something that's a drama. People are gonna be more or less studying the thing. So I I, I can appreciate where you're coming from there. Uh, Harry, uh, we're, we're down to uh, the end of it here, but I want to make sure. That, first of all, this was a great conversation. I'd be proud to have you back anytime that you wanted to come on. Okay, uh, where can people go to learn more about what you're doing? Yeah, I think. Well, I'm on. I'm all over social media. I love social media, so I think I've got a website which is harrysheriff.com, and then I think um, I do a lot through the Facebook. So I'd say uh, forward slash Harry JJ Sheriff on facebook it's double r double f for sheriff 
Um, but yeah, I'm posting all the episodes there every Monday. And yeah, you'll hear what I'm up to next. Well, again, Harry, thanks for reaching out to me. This is one of the situations where I, I always say I knew I'm doing something right when people approach me out of the blue. And, yeah. and, and Harry, Harry was one of them. I'd never met him before. He, he took the initiative to uh, say, hey, look, I've got a project that I want to promote on air, and this is exactly what the show is all about. So, Harry, thanks a lot for that. It means a lot, all right? Yeah, thanks for having me on, Casey. All right, so, okay, that's going to do it for us uh, this week. I'm not going to be on next week because it's Canadian Thanksgiving, so I'm going to be off with my family. But, uh, you know, uh, check back in a couple of weeks. I've got a lot more great guests lined up for the, uh, towards the end of the month. Uh, on behalf of my guest, uh, Harry Sher. Harry, if you just want to hang on the line just for one quick second after I wrap. Uh, you've been listening to Casey Ryan on the cutting room floor. Cut, print, wrap, and I am done. That was another edition of The Cutting Room Floor with your host, Casey Ryan. Follow Casey on Twitter at Cutting Room MRB and on Facebook, The Cutting Room Floor. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.